I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is so good to be back here on Steeler Stat Geek at Behind the Steel Curtain. This is Dave Schofield, editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. And with me, as always, is my big brother, Rich. We were still together last Tuesday, even yes, though we, we worked were. on the show. How are you, Rich? I am well, as well can be, considering we're not on vacation anymore. Yeah, after after a week off together, where we got to spend <laughs> some time uh, with the family, um, together as a family, distancing from everybody else. It's kind of what we were doing. Um, hey, we already got Dennis saying dilly dilly. I almost wore the dilly dilly shirt. Dilly dilly. I almost wore the dilly dilly shirt too. For those of you that are listening in podcast form, uh, Rich has one of the BTSC shirts that says hashtag dilly dilly from the game that we were at back in, that was the Titans, right? Yep, 2017. Yep. yep. Um, that's what he's sporting tonight. We we did spend the week together last week. If we would have had... Um, Let's just say this. If the hotspot on my cell phone would have been a little bit more reliable, we might have even checked in and said hello. But uh, I was doing all I could to try to keep up with website, let alone streaming or anything like that. But it's gonna. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. Do you feel refreshed? Sure. <laughs> since it's been two weeks since we've uh, had a chance to be on here with our with our wonderful Steeler family. Talking. I will say that I missed the. I did miss the Steeler family. Yes, I, I did as well. Um, I was able to hop on the live chat last Thursday of the preview. I wasn't on Tuesday because uh, I think Lance went at like 3 a.m. No, no I, no, I think it was 10 a.m. Um, something like that. Let's just say it wasn't at the same time that you usually see us here. But we're back. We're on schedule. I'd say we're better than ever, but I don't know. A lot of stuff going on. Trying well, to... we, we might be better than ever, but that's wasn't a very high bar to begin with. Yeah, so. that's true. You know, with uh, 2020s kind of kicking everybody in the face. Yeah, I, I went with face on that one. I thought I'd keep it PG. Yeah. So, um, man, couple couple things going on before we dive into this topic, one of which will tie into this topic a little bit eventually. NFLPA and the league trying to figure out exactly how they're going to do everything with coming back to play. We are less than two weeks away from when training camp's supposed to be going. So, you know, there's time, but there's not time. Everything's up against the wall. They want to be safe. But there's a couple other things that we'll dive into with that here shortly with uh, that comes to money and pay and everything that is holding that up a little bit. But hopefully they'll be able to come together and teams can – safely get to training camp so we can try to safely have a 2020 season. Um, you want to say anything about that now, or do you want to wait until we dive into? Uh, into let's wait until we dive in a little further. Okay. Well, we'll dive into this one tomorrow. Let's see. We are now just, uh, just a little bit under 19 hours away from the deadline for players to work out a long-term deal or play under the franchise tag for 2020. So we were talking about one Alvin Bud Dupree, who 
is has they have not worked out a deal with, and it looked like they were so far apart that he even filed a grievance last week. Can I tell you, can, can I do that? I told you so. Am I allowed to do that now? Can I use this for You brought it up as soon as it happened. Yeah, yeah. I was like, people should listen to me. January 3rd, if you go back to January 3rd on Behind the Steel Curtain, that's when I published the article, does Bud Dupree, Dupree have a case to cost more against the salary cap than what we think? Does he have a case to be considered a defensive end rather than an outside linebacker? Everyone's like, oh, well, no, he's listed as an outside linebacker. And that's what so many people try to tell me. But the thing is, he's only an outside linebacker because the Steelers run a 3-4. If he was in the, if he was just on a different team playing basically the same position on a four three, he would be classified as a defensive end and he would make almost two million dollars more on the salary cap. But the problem is, why in the world did the NFLPA not address this in the last CBA? Because the way they do the salary cap setup is not good when teams run different defenses that then players, I mean, right now, technically, Stefan Tuitt would be a defensive end and would have that enormous um, franchise tag number. You mean to tell me that Stefan Tuitt is more of a defensive end classification at a 4-3 than what Bud Dupree? It's, it's crazy. Um, do you think he has a case, or do you think this was just kind of a negotiating tool? He, he might he might have a case, but I, I'm with you. Why the NFLPA didn't get this stuff addressed in the CBA? I have no idea. Yeah, because I mean it. I mean, look at the. I saw someone else say this. I saw him say it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I I wish I could give credit. I'm thinking it was. It might have been Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm trying to remember when I was watching him and Jeff Hartman with something if he's the one that mentioned it is that look at when we look at the draft, we don't talk about guys being defensive ends versus outside linebackers because they are, it depends on what team they go to and what defense they run. So they don't call them that they call them edge rushers. Right. Why, are we, why, are, why, right. why didn't we do it the same way? In the new CBA. Exactly. Why didn't they say, hey, it's okay, but let's reclassify some of these positions because this is just getting too difficult. I mean, whether you think Dupree's worth it or not, a player should not, the exact same player with the exact same stats doing the exact same thing should not have a difference of the franchise tag of $2 million depending on if you're in this team versus that team. And then the argument's made that the Steelers play without a nose tackle you know, 70%, more than 70% of the time. So in essence, the Steelers are playing a modified 4-3 as much as a, a sub-package 3-4. It, it, it's tough. So I just want to say that I I brought it up that I thought that he could he could make this case. Didn't I said didn't mean that he would win it, but he right. could legitimately bring it up. And people are like, no, nah, he can't. He's listed as an outside linebacker. That's it. Okay. What do you know? Just over six months later, boom, there it is. There's the grievance. Now, that doesn't really affect the deadline for tomorrow. Nope. Because that's something that's going to have to be figured out later. That you know, that all goes away if they work out a deal by tomorrow, which 
I did the then, article. I did an I did an article today, ran this afternoon. It was basically based off of another article that laid that predicted what would happen with every single franchise tag player. This was from Bleacher Report. And the author of the article, I can't remember his name right now. I feel bad. Um, he only had one player actually getting signed, and it was from Denver that would actually sign before the deadline. He had two players that were going to hold out and end up getting traded. One of which was um, Chris Jones. Is it Jones? I'm pretty sure it's Jones. I, I, from Kansas City, who ended up signing a four-year extension today, a four-year deal. So someone who everyone thought, oh, this is going to get ugly. They're not going to, you know, he's not even going to report to camp. He's going to end up getting traded. Boom, they signed the deal in time. It just kind of goes to show you never know. Yeah. So, but honestly, between you and me, I don't, I would be very surprised if something does happen with Dupree by four o'clock tomorrow, but we just know by then it's official. I don't see him holding out either or anything like that. I just think it's going to no, come down to come in, the money. The grievance will play itself out. Both, neither side's going to mm -hmm. get that. I don't think is going to get that worked up over the grievance mm -hmm. and yeah. even how it ends up working out. My guess, the Steelers let him walk to somebody that will pay him way more than the Steelers will at the end of the year, and we get a comp pick. Honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. I think a lot of that's going to depend on the development of Alex Highsmith, if he's someone who could be either be the guy or someone who can fill in until they find the next guy would allow them to let Dupree go. The biggest question is, is – the difference of the $2 million towards the salary cap this year. That's really what it all yep. comes down to. So I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think it's anything like that. It's all about how much he's going to get paid. He already signed. So that's the thing about holding out. You know, he signed right before the draft. So the here was a question. I was actually asking Michael Beck, and he said he was going to try to look this up. And maybe some of the live chat could, could fill us in with this because it's a great question. If Dupree wins his grievance – and the Steelers have to pay him more money, does that void the first contract that he signed, which then means the Steelers would have the chance to not sign him? That is a great, great question. And I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's really intriguing. That so, is intriguing. That, um, that's... Ryan O'Toole wants to know what kind of comp pick would they get for Bud? It all depends on his next contract. Yep. So as much as you're like, oh, well, Dupree plays too well, he could play him out himself out of town. Chances are, I mean, which would you rather have? Dupree play so well he plays himself out of town, or or Dupree play so play so poorly that no one wants him, that including the Steelers. I'm like, if he's not gonna be with the Steelers next year, he might as well play well, get a big contract, and give him a higher pick. Yep. For like, like, for example, Javon Hargrave right now is projected to be a fourth round comp pick, but he's right. He's towards the cusp of a third round. If he like makes the Pro Bowl or something like that, that could actually push him up a little bit. So um, it's been a while and way back in there, but we got to ask this before we move on to the topic. How did more than one person ask you if you caught any fish last week? Yes, not a ton. Mm-hmm. But there were fish caught last week. Well, part of that is my fault because on your last morning to fish, my nine-year-old son asked Uncle Rich if he could go out fishing with you. And you, of course, politely said yes. And even though we tried to give you a little bit of time to fish on your own before I brought him out there, you wanted to uh, to get ready for him. And uh, 
and not like he was he was just catching catching bottom fish catching little ones and you got him all set up and that little booger reeled in 30 fish <laughs> in two hours and, and had a ball yeah and, and had, had a blast a that, that so, actually made it made it yep. worth the week so uh yep. let's see the question came about fresh salt that's salt we were yep, we were, we're at, at the ocean. ocean we were at the yep. ocean so, so it was pretty cool. I, I managed a few mackerel and some bluefish early in the week, and then they all disappeared. Um, yeah, it had been it slim pickings. Been slim pickings for the fish down there, but I did manage a few. And, of course, then the kids came out and managed to get the kids some. So that yeah. was fun as well. Oh, and it was, for, for those of you, some of you are like, this is Steelers Podcast. Why are you talking about it? Now nah, we'll take a minute. It was so funny because – my daughter had gone fishing with our dad earlier in the week and she was very patient and the fishing was terrible and she was doing a great job of actually catching fish when they were hard to catch. They were so easy to catch for my son. He would miss one. He'd miss it again. He'd miss it again. Then he'd catch it and thought he missed it. And then he'd catch another one to pull up to at once. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, was, it, was, it, it was crazy for him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was good stuff. But uh, here's the – it's been a long off-season, so long that we forget oh. some of the stuff that's happened. Well, it's it, – this off-season has been extra long with no with no OTAs and, you know, with them not being able to be in the facility to steal it. It's been long. Yeah. But, but when you – it's funny because there's been these – there's been a lot of different things that have happened and a lot of things that are going to change the future of the NFL and how we can relate it to Steelers. And it comes to – them signing contracts with their players in the future. A lot of this has happened this off season and it's happened spread out enough that sometimes we don't realize what all it's been. So to kick it off first and foremost was, do you remember we mentioned it before that they should have figured out stuff better with the salary cap, but we didn't know if the Steelers were going to be able to operate in the same way this off season, because they got the new CBA was signed in March. Right. So that's huge right there. That was a big win for the Steelers. It was. It allowed us to I think it allowed Kevin Colbert to have to run the offseason the way he wanted to and not have it dictated to him. Exactly. You know, Brian Anthony Davis still likes to say, I told you the Steelers would find a way. And he's right. They did find a way. They found a way with the CBA and they were able to do their business. I don't know what they would have done if the CBA didn't happen. I mean, you could say it would have been terrible or they would have found a different way. I don't know. We'll never know because they didn't have to. And I'm very grateful for that. So really, really interesting that, that with the new CBA, the Steelers could conduct business the way they have. So that's, that's number one of how the offseason affected the Steelers contracts in the future. But there's been other things, and some of these have been more recent, and some of and and we don't always put them all together. So the Mahomes contract. I think the Mahomes contract potentially changed football. Yeah. It's interesting the way it was. It wasn't, it actually wasn't terrible for the Chiefs. Right. And that's that's what I mean by the way by saying the way I think it's really changed football. It, it's really it it's a it, it's given the Chiefs the availability to do a really big contract but not have to stick their necks out quite as far. Hmm. You know, yeah. to to, well, to where so, yeah. Um 
and, and really, it's not even just for them. Mahomes, too. Like, it, it, it yeah. really leaves things open on both sides. Um, it, it just kind of works. It just kind of works. Um, and if you really want to know some of the ins and outs of the contract and how it could affect how teams do business in the future, Flip has a three-part series. I'm hoping part three goes tomorrow. I haven't checked. I haven't checked the queue yet to see that he's got it up and ready. Part one was yesterday. Part two was today about how stuff in these contracts, he broke it up into parts. So it wasn't this enormously long article that you had to, you know, pull through, you know, get dig through that. It was easier to access based it based on how we split it up, which was, which is a really good idea. Yeah. He did a nice job splitting that one up. Um, yeah, I've, and I've, I've felt so far it's been a pretty easy read and has made a lot of sense. So yeah, so the first one was about about the parameters of the of of the contract, um, and I'm going to mix these two up. I'm sure I'm not. I'm I'm sure. And the next one was just about some of the intricate details. I don't know what the third one is. <laughs> I, I got to go in and, and look for it because I'm I when he as soon as he submitted me his second one yesterday early, I read it early because I was interested in it. And and everything, but when you're talking about it's a ten year extension, so you're talking twelve years. Yep, twelve years from now, with when he's when he's three years in, and think he only played one game his rookie year. So this is this is insane, this is unprecedented. But the one thing that that Flip brought up is these rolling guarantees. Is yeah. early on, the guarantee is if he's on the roster in March, you know he's not just guaranteed. He's not just guaranteed this coming year. He's guaranteed the next year. Right. And that goes for part of the contract. And then it starts doing the guarantees, just not two years out, but one year out. So that that's really kind of smart on his, on, on, on his parts, but that's also pretty smart on the chief's part because they could get out from underneath the contract partway through, not that terribly. If they wanted to, they could either cut ties or they could, it's actually really good if they want to do an extension. So it's really crazy. But now that now that's out there. Now there's a 10-year contract in the NFL. We, I don't um, think you're going to see a lot of them, but I no. think you'll start to see more six and eight-year contracts. You know, we've yeah. we've sat so long with seeing, you know, a long contract was three years. You know, um, you weren't, you know. You're going to see some more contracts move up there in in that six to seven range, I would imagine. Yeah, I, Michael Beck wrote the article asking, "Who would you give a ten year contract to in the Steelers?" My actual answer is not anyone right now. In all honesty, you're like, "Well, what about TJ? What about Minka?" You know what? I wouldn't go ten. Yeah, I'd go seven or eight. 10. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was thinking again. In that six to seven range is where you go. Well, but but think about it because they're both first round picks. So you're talking five years in. Mm-hmm. You want so if you're going ten on top of that, you're talking fifteen years with a player. So let's say you draft them when they're twenty one. Let's say they're younger. You get them at, at twenty one. Like I know Juju was was younger than that. But let's say you get them at twenty one. You're talking about somebody that you have under contract until they're thirty six. Are you really comfortable with a 36-year-old outside linebacker, safety? You know, maybe, but not saying I'm going to be that way in 10 years from now. You know what I'm saying? They might be fine by the time they get to that age, 
but you need to have a better idea when you get a little bit closer. So I don't see those guys getting contracts that long. I, I could see if the Steelers had a, had a, you know, another repeat Ben Roethlisberger or Terry Bradshaw, where you've got a franchise quarterback and you have them and you know, you have them and this works. I really see his quarterback as the only position that that would work. Cause that's really the other than kicker. You're not going to give a deal to like that. Anyway, that's really the only position that you could say, yeah, they could still be highly effective at 35 and beyond. So it's, it, it's pretty interesting. So that's the next thing contract length based on the Mahomes thing that that could change a lot of things in the future. You think, you, you think we'll see, do you think the Steelers will maybe start offering longer contracts than they typically do? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, maybe a little, but not a lot. I'll, I'll be surprised to see the Steelers go anything more than five years with anybody. Yeah. And here's the thing you also got to remember with that. This could affect them when it comes to the free agent market, because when the Steelers pay out and pay long contracts, it's for their own. Thaddeus wants to know, in 2008, would you have given Ben a 10-year deal? I mean, 2008, he's coming off winning his second Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, and I'm thinking I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It would take someone, some, someone like that. But I mean, I'd probably feel more comfortable with something like a seven. But Correct. it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very crazy, like awesome stuff says, unique situation. But it could change what players are looking for overall with length of contracts. Now, there's one other thing about the Mahomes contract that didn't come about, but it was reported. And it's a really interesting idea. And although it didn't happen, is this something pe people might look to in the future? And that is, what about a contract that is tied to a percentage of the salary cap? Yeah, that was originally reported what the deal was going to be with Mahomes. I know. And I'm like, that I wanted to see that. Not that I not no, not that I wanted him to do that or the, the Chiefs to do that. I just wanted to see what that would look like. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to see what the percentage was. Yeah, was gonna. Be. Yeah, like like what do you think it would have been? I mean, like for example, Ben Roethlisberger this year. Now remember, his cap numbers lower this year because he because he did the restructure. Ben Roethlisberger is at eleven point eight percent of the salary cap this year. Last year he was at twelve point seven. So, but next year, if he's really that 41 and a quarter million cap hit that he's lined up to be right now, that's 19.2% of the salary cap for one dude. I mean, that's do you think so someone lot. would go anywhere that high? That's crazy. So, but I mean, could, could a non quarterback then start to look at, look at that? Because, because that's, that's one of the things people say is, oh, well, well you know, I'm the highest, you know, 
Mr. Third and Fifth, he constantly just wanted to be the highest paid receiver. So he signs a five-year deal at the highest paid receiver. Well, two years in when he's not the highest paid guy anymore, he's mad. He wants a new deal to be the highest paid guy. Well, if you wanted that, you shouldn't sign a five-year deal. Right. You know, because yeah. I mean, b- bottom line is that they're like, well, we're willing to make you the most <laughs> the highest paid, but we want to lock you in for a longer time. You can't have it both ways. And that's why someone's like, hey, if the salary cap, I want to be the highest paid guy. And, if this, and other guys could make more as the salary cap goes up. So if I can get pull my increase based on a percentage of the salary cap, go for it. I just, I don't see teams doing it. I see players saying this sounds nice. So what do you think? Yeah. Uh, teams aren't going to want to tie that in with the salary cap. And honestly, I'm not sure players are going to want to, especially with where we are currently. You know, because we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like next year. Salary cap could actually go down for next year from this year. Yeah, that's we're going to talk about that. <laughs> you know, what what, yeah. what what a guy actually you know then have to take a pay cut because salary cap went down. That's Ooh, I don't interesting. see. I don't, uh, yeah. yeah, yep. So, yeah, it reminds me of uh, of um, the movie Mister Deeds. Remember when he uh he he although he's a Pats fan he he inherits the Jets as as part of the things and the and the quarterback comes in and says I want a new contract he's like didn't we just sign you to a new contract last year for a bunch of years yeah but I played really well he's like so I want more money he's like well if you would have paid re- played really bad would you have been okay with less money no then that's where we are there you go <laughs> you know <laughs> so they're like if I play good I want more money but if I play bad I still got to have the money that I signed up for. It, it it goes both ways, both both sides are are are, are working it. So then I, I kind of want to roll into the next one because you brought it up. There's some stuff going on with the with the upcoming 2020 season. The first thing is there was supposed to be a big jump in salary cap for 2021 because of the new deals and extra revenue coming from the TV. The problem is now you're talking about lost revenue by having no fans and stands. But now you're trying to talk about getting some of that revenue back by putting ads on the tarps at the, you know, that are covering the seats, some of the seats at the stadium. There's a lot of things up in the air. One of the proposals, which I think is a fantastic idea for both parties, that the Players Association has as proposed to the owners under the stuff with the with this 2020 and what they're going to do with with working it out is to split up is to take this particular season and take the loss you know the loss in revenue of this year because you'll know exactly what the loss was from last year to this year when it's all done and split it up it was something like over the next 10 or the next 12 seasons with those salary caps so the salary cap won't go down it'll stay the same from this year to next year and then it just won't jump as much if we're back to a place where, you know, hopefully everything's back to normal by 2021 season and, and stuff like that. And instead of seeing a massive jump in that year, you're actually not going to have a big of a jump because you spread it out. I think that's a great idea. It's, it makes sense. And Jared have to actually sit down and see how the numbers actually work to make sure that, that made yeah. the most sense. Yeah. It sounds logical. Um, being a numbers guy, I'd want to see it worked out, you know. Um, 
but it seems like it should be feasible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. So, so depending on that deal, that's going to, that's going to help determine what's going on with, with contracts in the future. That could really change, really change contracts in the future for the NFL, just based on this one season and how they're going to work it out. So that's another one to chalk up. Not really much to say about it until we, and until we see how the season plays out. Correct. Correct. I got one more big one. Okay. Lay it on me. One more big one. And that is, I think the players are going to sacrifice what they ultimately want in the long run in order to get what they want right now. And this is how. I don't know if it's still out there or if this was dismissed right away, but one or if it, this is still a negotiating thing. The players want those players under contract with guaranteed money for 2020 to be paid that guaranteed money, even if there's no season. That really does affect the Steelers because look at all these guys, they restructured and they gave their signing bonus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, so that big question is these, the players are now saying if it's guaranteed money, we're guaranteed. It doesn't matter if there's no games. Okay. Then my thing back to the players is mm -hmm. then if they say play, don't say, Oh, COVID, COVID, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Well, and, but and the, no, here's another problem. Because I just read this on Twitter this evening, is that one of the is that they're wanting to give players that are either at risk or have family members who are immediate family members who are at risk the option to opt out for the season, but they're still wanting them to be paid their salary. Why would anybody play yeah. if you're going to get your salary, no matter what, if you play or you don't play? then why would any player play if they're still going to going to pay you? And it's funny because I know it's not – some people are like, well, well, the players should get what they deserve. Yeah, but you're being played to play football. You can't choose to not play football and still get – that would be like Le'Veon Bell when he held out oh, – sorry, Mr. Butt Naked Get Robbed, shouldn't say the name – when he held out the entire season thinking he should still be paid all his money from the franchise tag when he didn't play. You know, and and I think of this. I think of the of the the guy I know that was a manager that ran the local movie theater. It's shut down because of COVID. He's not making a dime. He's not getting paid. You know, right. so now, but the players are like, well, we still want to get paid, but we don't want to have to play. It's it's really, really. I mean, that to me. I think that's where it's gone too far because if you're not on the team, I mean, think about it. If you're not on the team for a week, you don't get that paycheck that week. If, right. if you're a bottom of the roster guy and you get cut, then you don't get your paycheck for that period. And they bring you back three weeks later. You didn't get paid for those three weeks. And to me, if there, if a player is going to opt out of his contract, then then to me, that's like me opting out of my season tickets. I'm still a Steeler season ticket holder. I'm just not paying for the tickets, but you're not giving me the tickets. And we come right back into it next year. The key word yeah. is, you know, 
is out. If you opt out, that means yeah. you're out. Yeah. Okay. You're opting out of your contract. Yeah. Well, if you opt out of your contract for this year, that means there is no contract. Yeah. So why would we pay? That basically, and and the thing is, they're like, well, should these contracts toll? Absolutely, they should toll. Every con anyone who doesn't play enough games, I mean, think about it. When a player, you know, Eli Rogers only played in what, like two games two years ago, his contract mm -hmm. told because he didn't play enough games and was on yep. IR or pop or whatever it was. So the same thing should happen with these. Like if, if I'm going to throw it out as an example, just because I, I know who he is and I'm not saying this is the case at all, but I do also know that he has asthma. So he's more at risk. Cam Hayward has one year left on his deal with the Steelers. If Cam Hayward is not able to play this year, Shouldn't he still owe the Steelers one year at that at that salary when he comes back to play? I mean, I seem to think so. So that's just it's just one of those things. Um, so th so the the thing is is we're like, okay, well, we're not going to go play on the field, so you have no product in order to earn in to earn income, but we still want you to pay us, which is which is difficult. It's it's really messy. But that's all a side point to what I was getting at. If players are asking to get their guaranteed money, even though they don't play, if there's no NFL this year, does that affect in the future teams willing to offer more guaranteed money? Yeah. It has to. It has to. So what I'm saying is they could be saying, we want the guarantee this year of getting our money, even if we can't play. But down the road, clubs should, you know, will and very well should be more leery of giving guaranteed money. And if the NFL was trying to, to grow towards, if the Players Association is trying to grow towards guaranteed contracts, which is not a CBA thing, that's up to every individual negotiation of a player's contract. If they're wanting to get to guaranteed contracts, burning, burning the league with guaranteed contracts is not the right way to do it for one season. So. Whew. There's a lot of stuff at play this offseason, which which is going to affect the financials of the league in the future. It's crazy. Yep. It is crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just it it's it's just it's one of those things. So now you're still looking at here's the other thing. Does the NFL still make money if there's no games played? Maybe a little bit. I mean, they still got merchandise and stuff like that. Um, if they're, I don't see how the NFL gets gets money for the TV contracts if they're not producing the product. If they're not giving the product, I showing. would imagine. I would imagine. You know, I that, can't say. I would imagine the TV companies would say, "You, didn't, you know, we got a whatever a ten year deal. You didn't give us this year. We're expect, you know, we're not, we're not paying you for that, and we expect you to come back and give us ten years a deal." Yeah. Yeah, so it's just so it's there's a there's a lot of other crazy things at, at work here and, and a lot of and that's why I think they're gonna do everything they can to have a season. It's in everyone's best interest, but they've got to do it as safely as they can. So you know, that's just that's that's the nature of the beast we're dealing with right now. So hopefully it would be really nice if when we talk about stuff next Tuesday, if everything's in place for teams to start training camp and they figured it all out. 
So now I do understand if they're like, Hey, can, can we get some compensation? If, you know, since there's no, if, if we can't have a season or anything, I think that is something that could work out. They could, they could say, Hey, we're still going to generate this revenue and we want to give, be able to use this revenue to help support our players who can't work. That's something that I could see. I, yes. You know, I could see that. And I think that would be the right and proper thing to do. But, you know, I don't, do you see the NFL playing, paying out, you know, I'm, is it safe to say billions of dollars to players when they're not bringing anything in because there's no product on the field? So this is, this is a lot of, that, that's very difficult, but I think I don't think the players will get, hey, all guaranteed money is going to be paid this year, even if there's no games. You know, like, really, does Kirk Cousins still de- deserve whatever his crazy amount of guaranteed money is this year if there's no games? That's just to have all of it. You know, what about the poor guy that just got drafted? Yeah. You know, what What about the fourth-round pick that just got drafted? You know, Kirk Cousins should make his however many million dollars, but this guy doesn't get anything because – you know, it's not, it's not guaranteed. Right. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of these crazy things. So, but I'm just not, we don't have all the inside information, but that I, to me, I think that asking for all the fully guaranteed money was more of a bargaining tool in order to make sure that other things happen, because I don't realistically see how that's, that's that's going to be now this could this ultimately is going to come down to be like what the MLB was if they can't work out out a deal technically the players just signed a new CBA they're required to work now it'd be nice if they could work it out where it's better for everybody but that's what happened with MLBs they're like okay required to work you guys are just going to have to go to work and they could file a grievance and they didn't and they reported and everything's good so Let's get it all ready to go because you know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Steelers football. So this, I, I, didn't, want this, I didn't want this to be a gloom and doom show. But the, the question is, how will all now just to bring it up here as a whole before we go into the live chat and answer some questions? As a whole, do you see between the between the new CBA, between the Mahomes deal and the stuff with that, between the stuff going on with COVID, do you see a major change in how the Steelers do contracts from here on out? I don't see a big change. I think, yeah, I think Colbert's got, you know, he's got a way that he likes to work and the way he does contracts and, and, and less, it, unless there is sweeping change across the league, I don't see Colbert changing a whole lot. Okay. I tend to agree. I think I don't see a big change. I see other teams maybe making bigger changes and therefore the Steelers make some smaller changes. Exactly how those changes are. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think if anything else, the Steelers are still going to be, one of those teams that are less likely to offer guaranteed money, but people are like, well, why don't they offer guaranteed money? Because they actually do the right thing by their players. And, you know, they don't offer a hundred percent guaranteed money. They offered 99% guaranteed money. They're like, Oh, you could, you could cut them right. right yeah. You could cut your all pro. Um, I'll make it up. Um, an all pro long Hunter. snapper. <laughs> <laughs> your all pro long snapper on a, 
you know, to save $20 million in March. That is that the way the Steelers have ever done business? No, it's not. No. So I think they're going to keep they they have a reputation, and I don't know that this stuff is going to change their reputation very much. So so the answer that we ultimately had is hopefully it doesn't affect it very much, but it was a really good discussion point. Um, anything else you want to say there? Nope. You uh, we've got some time to spend with you guys because I haven't really been paying that much attention to the live chat. So let's open it up. Do we have questions? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, I just just said it out there. Um, now I'm trying to look back and said uh, of things going on. Well, here we go. We'll ask you this one, Rich, from. Nathaniel Zarate. I think it's Zarate, like karate. Um, what players do you see not getting a new contract and moving on to another team next year? I'm I'm pretty sure he means Steelers. Obviously, yeah. Steelers. Yeah. Who who do we have that's up next year? We have Cam Hayward. We have Juju. We have James Conner. We have Matt Filer. We have Cam Sutton. We have Mike Hilton. We have Zach Banner. Some of it's going to depend on how the season plays out, but I would imagine that uh, Cam and Juju get deals. Um, I hate to say it, but I don't. I don't think Connor does unless it's extremely team friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine we get Filer locked up. I wouldn't um, be surprised to see. You know, I mean. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I know they're waiting for all the COVID stuff because remember, Steelers haven't even signed their draft picks, you know. But wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Cam maybe get his um, once there's some more. I mean, I think it would be well into training camp and everything with him. But there's there's going to out of all those guys I named, there's going to be at least three that aren't going to be with the Steelers next year. Not yeah. who they are. I don't know, and I still might miss yeah. them one. So it's crazy. Yeah. I, I'd say you're probably right, but it, I, that's why I was like, it's going to depend on some, how it plays out. Um, yeah. We, we could see Mike Hilton go potentially. Yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of people are saying probably between Hilton and Sutton, you're probably only going to be able to keep right. You're going to have one of them. Probably yeah. only going to have yeah. one. Yeah. So I got to bring up this question. Dennis wants to know if he's just another pretty face. My answer not to yes. us, Dennis. Not oh, I was going to say, yes, you are, Dennis. You were you are more face. than just a pretty face to us, Dennis. <laughs> you are not just another pretty face. Um, <laughs> hey, might as well bring it up. I know it's not Steelers. Bring it anyway. Oh, sorry. Oh, you both, both clicked on it. I'm sorry. Awesome stuff, 1983. What do we think? We'll say this. The Washington team, what do you think they're going to change to? One guess. Uh, a serious I, one and a silly one. Okay. Um, 
they're, they're probably going to do something like Red Hawks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really think it should be, seeing how, you know, being a fishing guy and seeing how that area down towards our nation's capital in the Potomac River and things kind of exploded with an invasive species of fish, they should be the snakeheads. Snake <laughs> I let you I like. I want a serious one and a goofy one. Yeah. All right, the serious one I'm going with is one where a former student of mine did concept art of this years ago. Um, and I, I honestly, and based on the, based on what one thing that I heard that apparently Daniel Snyder said that this is what I think it's going to be. I think it's the Washington warriors because he said he wanted to make sure that they are still, you know, um, showing, you know, appreciating both the negative native American culture and the military. So I think Warriors would be a, would be one that that would fit. Um, Maybe. I, and the, honestly, the concept art that I saw before wasn't even, it was actually almost like knights and they were called the Warriors and it was still burgundy and gold and it was really cool. So now I have to say it is that, is that they, they, they don't want the negative connotation for their names. So they are going to change themselves to the, to the, to the Landover Redskins, <laughs> right? Because they don't want to have, you know, to be associated with the city anymore, but now, um, That's let's funny. see. Um, I, I saw a lot of you know, you know, red wolves, red tails, things like that. Um, let's go with, um, let's go with the red perch. <laughs> oh, see, if, if I wanted to stay on the fishing concept, if they were a little further out to the west here, they could be somebody when said this, they could be the Washington natives, and their mascot could be a brook trout. A brook trout. There you go. The natives. Yes. And that's what that, there you go. Okay. So, all right. Um, how about this one from Mark Davison from Down Under? Okay. What was the best decade of football to watch? Are you trying to did you just try to do an accent? Down so under. Dude, no. No, no. It wasn't as bad as Brian's. <laughs> Davis is, is, is terrible. Um yeah. right. Yeah, he's he's um, bad. Oh, yeah. So, um, best 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 decade. You know what, Mark? I I grew up watching a lot of 80s football, and I I would kind of, I would kind of have to agree. I loved the 80s football. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't notice if Mark, if you ever get in and get to, get to see Bad and, and, uh, Tony Defio on, on their retro show, man. Oh, I have fun going to that show looking back at the Steelers when I was a kid, you know, is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to agree with Mark. I, I really like eighties football. Well, the easy answer could be seventies, but since I was two years old when the seventies ended, that did not affect me at all. Um, I was still kind of young, the beginning of the eighties, honestly, you, I'm going to go when the Steelers won two Super Bowls. I'm going to go. I really enjoyed the two thousands. I really enjoyed from when Ben came in and from that time on. And I mean, think about it, even up to 2010, they made another Super Bowl. As a Steelers fan, that was some pretty enjoyable football because they've 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 been in it. Now, the problem is, is ever since that last Super Bowl, I wouldn't say the 2010s because it's always been coming up short and a little bit disappointed. So right. that was, I mean, I was not old enough to to ever have the Steelers win the Super Bowl until they won Super Bowl 40. And that was just exhilarating. 
And then they did it again three years later. And that's just, that's all. I'm always going to remember that point in my life of what went on right then. So just to be different, I'm going to say that answer. Um, Thaddeus, Thaddeus wants to know with only with the right now, the report is, you know, this is still a thing that they're negotiating with only, um, two games for the preseason. Do you see the starters playing compared to a four game preseason? I say the way that they're going to get it, get it by two, two preseason games. The coaches want them to evaluate talent. I think for safety reasons, they might, there, you're going to see very few starters. Very few starters. Play. I mean, I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if they decide they're going to play only dress their starters for one game to play a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see those players even on the sideline after halftime, if they want to do anything. But I, I don't see yep. them even being dressed and part of, you know, because there's just so many more players. Even if they do cut down to like 75, there's still a lot more players from both teams that are going to be out there. Um so we're getting some people that are answering. If you see one, um, that was, I was just about ready to click it. Okay. Okay. I had that one queued up ready to go. Yep. All right. So Mark Tobin says, is there really a legit position battle for the number five spot at receiver between Switzer and Kane? Well, honestly, they're going to keep six receivers anyway. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's a four-way battle for two spots between Switzer and Kane and Amara Darbo and Saeed Blacknall that's out of Penn State, XFL. A lot of people really like him. I'm now less of him because of the of the less preseason. I don't right. know that he's going to have as much of a chance. So it might even be three. A lot of people are forgetting about Amara Darbo who was with us. He didn't, I don't think he was ever active for a game, but he was on their 53 roster, 53 man roster last year, the second part of the season. And he was a third round draft pick. So not by the Steelers. Um, So that's another name to put out there, but I don't know that I'd call. It's really difficult to say there's a position battle for the number five receiver spot because one, it's so rare that they go to a fifth receiver on the field. And two, I don't see it as the last spot to get on the team. So that's why it's, that's why I wouldn't say that it's that it's really heated for specifically being the number five. What right. do you think? Um, I agree. Yeah. Just um, um I, I really expect I expect Kane to make the team. Yeah. I do too. Okay, so Kane, 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 so you know, you said it's these two and the other two battling out for two spots. Mm-hmm. I think Kane's in. I think it really comes down to the other three guys for one spot. And I'll be honest with you. I've said this. I think I said this on the preview. I wouldn't be shocked. No, I said this in our show when you're talking about people who could be traded. I don't know if the Steelers would cut Ryan Switzer, but I could see them trading him. Yeah. You know, for a conditional seventh round pit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something like that. I could see that more likely, but it's going to be tough to even trade anyone. If you're not going to get to see what players can do in the preseason, I'm going to bring it up. I know we don't like to talk about it, but we will. Ryan O'Toole wants to know, would you guys actually be surprised if they had to pull the plug on the 2020 NFL season due to the virus? I would be surprised if they pulled the plug on the season, but the other major sports were still, were still playing theirs. 
That would surprise yeah. me. Right. If MLB, NBA, NHL were still going on and the NFL didn't, that would surprise me. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm like, you almost got to wait and see what the other ones are doing. So. And the NFL yeah. has that luxury. We've said mm-hmm. that from the start that, you know, they really get to sit back and watch how everybody deals with it, see what mistakes they make and, and, uh, and learn from it. Yeah. Yep. Oop. I just jumped. So, um, do you have one? To, did you have anything to, uh, want uh, to bring I, up? I thought I'd just bring up the, that, you know, Steelers Pittsburgh said they'd take a ham sandwich for mm-hmm. Switzer. Yep. So, um, I'd at least ask for remaining brother sub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, let's see. I, there was another one up here, but I've lost it. Uh, yeah, I lost mine too. So I'm coming. I'm getting all what I'm doing now is reading everybody's answers to all the other questions so far. Here, you know, I, I got one. It, it might be a little further along than even okay. you are, but I found it, I'll bring it up. Thaddeus says, with limited playing time in the preseason or maybe no preseason games, how many players do you think the Steelers will sign when teams make their cuts? I because, think, you know, we, yeah. we, we tend to grab one yeah. or two guys that way. I think what if ever this is the year that teams are going to stick with the guys that they have in camp more than ever, just because of of all that. So, and the, the other thing with that this year is, you know, a lot of times we do that. We we feel that last need that we didn't get filled somewhere, um, you know, or or make a or make a pretty decently looked at upgrade somewhere. I, I don't know with our roster this year that we're necessarily set up with that. And I think that might've been part of Colbert's plan going into all this, that, Hey, things are probably going to look different. We might want to just try to do as much as we can with our own. Um, yeah. So, so I won't be surprised and if we, if, I, don't, I don't know. I, I won't be surprised if we don't pick anybody up after cut time. And yeah, and not only that, the Steelers in the last few years have been more about signing their own guys to the practice squad. I remember the one year, was that four, four or five seasons ago? They they did their practice squad and it was nobody from training camp. They they got them from, but I think they went like one and three or oh and four, you know, didn't have very good preseason. They didn't keep anybody, right. maybe one or two guys from their own training camp and went out and got them from other teams. Um, yeah. I just don't think there's going to be an overall familiarity with what's going on with other teams nearly as much if there's a less body of work to judge. So um, Stephen wants to know, what is Watt going to cost us if Garrett gets $125 million? I saw the $125 million, but I can't remember what the years were, how many years it was. So bottom line is, you know, the Steelers are going to need to back the truck up for for TJ Watt, you know, you know meaning – bringing in the the armored truck is what I mean by that, you know, break the bank, all that other stuff. That's what they're going to, that's what they're going to need to do. And I think that's what they will do. But uh, to estimate what I think he gets paid. I mean, I think, I think he's going to go over, he's going to go over the hundred million dollars. The question is, is he going to, what the years are going to be for? So, yeah. Um, And honestly, if he's got to wait a year or two before that, and let's say, this one Garrett gets the 125 and he has another issue. That's going to make teams be wary of dishing out that kind of money. 
So, right. so yeah. Um, awesome stuff said six receivers with the fifth. I'm going to say it again. It is not a 55 man roster. Correct. It is a 53 man roster. It's a 53 man roster with, with the, the ability to pull up two guys from the practice squad. So yes. it's, it's a 53 man roster, which could expand to 55 on game day, but you can't carry 53 during the week. You have to cut down to 53 to start. So the question is they've got it. See, you could find a guy that the Steelers might want to keep otherwise that is eligible for the practice squad that they try to keep him put on the practice squad and keep a guy. I mean, imagine if a guy doesn't have practice squad eligibility, but would be the perfect guy to be number 54. Just kind of stinks for that guy, if you know what I mean. So yeah, here, here, uh, you got your answer. Five, to five year. Okay. So in other words, 25 mil a year, um, which is funny because I said I could see TJ four year 120. Not 120 at 100, you know what I mean, or or 102 or something like that, right. which would be just a you know, um, very very similar. No, that because that would yeah that would be very similar. So, um, and like George says, it's hard to pick him when you can't see him play. So, uh, Rich, anything else you want to say here before we finish up? Oh, just so happy to be back and. Nice to see the live chat blowing up. Um, yeah, yeah. I do. I do have to bring this up. Say, sorry, got bad bad uh, bad info from somewhere else. I even thought it might have been a been a typo. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, criticizing you there. Awesome stuff. You you give us great stuff in the live chat every week. Um, and Jeffrey does say that TJ is going to be worth more. Um, honestly, I think it depends on if they do it next year or the follow. I mean, they could wait till after his fifth year option to use the franchise tag and try to work out a deal. So it really depends on how soon they do the deal for TJ. Right. So, but yeah, it's great to be back. This is, you know, first, first podcast and of you and I together in two weeks. And it's a lot of fun. I missed everybody. I really do. This is, this is a great part of the job. So, Whew, this one was a little bit tough because it, it it made us have to think about sometimes when you talk about contracts in the future and things like that, it can get a little bit like, oh, I don't know, especially with everything going on in our world today. But the bottom line is I still see the Steelers. If anyone could come out stronger from adversity, it needs to be a very strong organization. And when it comes to the NFL, I feel the Steelers are the gold standard. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yes. And I think we all know that. Um, so with that said, <laughs> as Brian Anthony Davis likes to say, um, we will keep coming out at you with our po family of podcasts. We will have, uh, tomorrow night we're scheduled for the standard is the standard, um, with Lance and Michael and perhaps somebody else with them. And then Thursday night where we got the Steelers preview with, with myself and Brian Anthony Davis and Michael Beck. And Friday night is Lancey. I said it. Saturdays is um, Steelers brunch with Tony. Sunday is the Homer and the Hater. We're still trying to figure out a, a definite schedule of who's going to be there, but uh, we're we're trying to be get that a little bit more wrapped up and um, and set in stone for for you all, so you know what to expect. Then Brian and Tony are back. I don't know if they're going to do two shows or not on Mondays. Um, been digging the retro shows. They've been a lot oh, of fun. I, I'm telling you, I've been having fun with their retro show. Yeah. Um, I made I made the family suffer through it at dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good yeah. one. So, um, 
dilly dilly and uh Make sure you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We are still churning out great content. Make sure you check out the stuff about the Mahomes contract that came from that, that came from Flip. I know um, Michael has something interesting tomorrow about um, the Steelers running back situation. Uh, we just keep bringing out. We're we're previewing the entire roster one player at a time. We've got a preview of the. I think it's the AFC West coming out, all kinds of stuff. We had um, Kofaris Stillapunk's film room today. Yep, got a, another, got another film room coming out from Jeffrey on Thursday. I've been trying to keep those regular for the readers out there so they know when they're coming, and just just a great stuff. And if you haven't gone in and signed up for for an for a username in order to participate in the comments. It can be a lot of fun, just like the live chat here with the comments on, on, on the articles. So rich, anything else to send us out? Yeah. Last thing, last thing I was shout out to our sister who I know was probably out there listening to us tonight. Cause she listens every week and, but very seldom gets on there and says anything unless it's about your beard. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so shout out to shout out mm-hmm. to our sister. So, uh, yes. And then one last question real quick. Do we put the show schedule on the website? We don't, we do tweet out whenever we, the shows are going to happen. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at, um, BT steel curtain and make sure you tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Thanks for geeking out with us.